WHT HD1 New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Good morning, New York City, Tri-State, United States, and everyone joining us around the world via live stream on Hot97.com and our free Hot 97 app. It is Sunday, April 12th, 2020, Easter Sunday for Christians, the middle of Passover for Jews, and less than two weeks from the start of Ramadan for Muslims. These religious holy days are unlike any that have come before. In this time of social distancing, many services are being live streamed and will go on in some sort of digital form. It's really an online holiday season at this point and holy day season. If there was ever a time for faith... I think you'd agree with me that that time is right now. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and I'm so glad you're joining us for this special two-hour live broadcast from our Hot 97 studios in New York City, the epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers, and you can see an IG Live of what we're doing here shortly. Now, for the first time we became aware of this evil virus, the United States now leads the world in coronavirus deaths with 19,000 700. That's more than Italy, About and about half of these deaths are coming from the New York City uh, metropolitan area. This morning, we're going to take your questions and comments at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Let us know how you're coping during this crisis and hit us with your questions. Joining me in studio is Dr. Manuel Fambu, a.k.a. Dr. Manny MD on Instagram. Dr. Manny is here to answer your questions about the coronavirus and how you can protect yourself. We're also going to be joined a little bit later in the show by Dr. Jeff Gardier, a clinical psychologist, one of the top mental health experts in the United States. And he is going to be helping us uh, deal with some of these mental health aspects that people are having, just just a lot of anger and a lot of fear, Dr. Manny, as you know. Right. Um, so let's open up the phone lines right now, 1-800-223-9797, one 800 9797 and uh, let us know how you're feeling on this Easter morning you know if you if you even want to share like a positive memory let's get in a little more of a positive uh, you know frame of mind if you celebrate Easter what was your favorite Easter candy you know was it the jelly beans was it the malted milk balls that were shaped like eggs and coated in candy mine <laughs> was it the milk chocolate bunnies you know what was it let us let us know I'm just trying to make everybody smile because it's a pretty pretty serious time right here Dr. Manny but how significant is this we're hearing this morning United States is now number one in a, in a ranking we don't want to be number one in yeah correct uh, definitely I- it could be a good thing and uh, a bad thing at the same time, right? Clearly, it's bad that we have uh, cases, but it's also good that we uh, we are ramping up our testing. So the more testing we do as a country, definitely we have more people that are that would test positive, right? Um, but the good news is, uh, especially in New York City, that things are coming to a plateau, right? We flattened out. And also, uh, New York City itself has actually has more cases than most countries outside of the United States. New York City has more cases. Correct, just New York City itself, positive cases. So what? And then the, we have more positive cases, but we're also seeing certain certain demographics, certain racial groups, certain uh, age groups, certain neighborhoods, zip codes are being hit harder than others. Why is that? Correct. So if we look at New York City. Um, Especially, right? If you look at some of what we say essential workers, uh, who are essential workers? We're talking about people that work in grocery stores, right? Uh, gas station attendants, right? Uh, home health aides, nurses uh, that are in the front lines. 
And a lot of these people come from minority backgrounds um, that, that, that have those jobs. And so they don't have the opportunity to necessarily drive to work, right? They still have to take the buses. If you look at the buses, I've seen pictures of buses like in, in, in the Bronx, for example, and the buses are packed, right? Well, they're free now, too. So people, you know, they get bored or they just need to get out or whatever to get on the bus. Correct. People get on the bus and, and then realize that and then the frequency or the time in which every bus comes actually has been prolonged. So now everyone waits for the same bus, right? So you get buses that are crowded. Um, I've seen even the subways, right, uh, that are actually packed. So people, the social distancing is not working uh, among these workers and they're putting themselves in the front lines. And then some of them, too, as we've been hearing on the show these yesterday and, the, and the, every weekend has been they don't have the protective they don't have the protective gear. And I, and I want to say this right now, too. It's like a lot of these a lot of the municipal workers, they, they are parts of unions. If there's any of the union leaders that want to call in, we'd like to hear from you. What are you doing to protect your workers? What are you doing to fight for them right now? Because they really need you. I mean, we, we hear we get calls every time we do the show and open up the phone lines at one 800 people afraid to go to work or people who are out there saying we don't have masks we don't have gloves you know anything like that and i have my mask and i have my glove but i'm here in the studio socially distanced from everybody and um i can't talk very well with the mask on correct so, i have my gloves okay um, good <laughs> right I, ha I have my mask um, in my pocket we, we have our equipment i mean i practice it correct. when i go outside and, and and when i'm around people and that type of thing but in in terms of the and one of the things too I was thinking about that uh, that you mentioned off air, but I wanted to share with the audience is when we're talking about wiping down surfaces, our phones are pretty nat. Our phones are always out. Our phones are always in our hands. So you're wearing gloves. You got your phone in your hand, even though you got the gloves on. When you get home, I've been washing my phone. Is that crazy? No, it's not crazy. Actually, um, I've seen reports that uh, the virus can actually live on the phone for over three days. On your phone, right? It's a surface, just like any other surface. And so, it's plastic or metal. Correct. So I probably think that the phone is actually uh, the most likely thing that could get us infected, right? Because we keep touching the phone. No one gets rid of your phone. Right? And then, and then it goes. You take, you take the, you have the phone. Then you're taking the phone is going really close to your face, correct. maybe even touching your face, your your molecule, whatever it is that you're exhaling these moisture drops. What do you call them? The moisture the droplets. Drops? Yeah, the the droplets, droplets. Correct. It's going, it's going right on the phone, something like that. And then you're like, here, talk to your, like that. Correct. And you put it back in your pocket, right? right. And then you put your hand, well, if you, you have put, gloves or not, right? You, put, you have gloves, you put your phone back in your pocket, you text, you take the gloves off, you grab or your put phone. put it in your purse if you're a girl, right? Correct. Or your bag. Yeah. So, yeah. Something you should think about, right? About cleaning our phones. That goes to me too. <laughs> you, you know what else, you know what else too? We, we started, we started to do, uh, well, I, I, I do, I do it anyway, um, as a matter of routine, but like at, at, uh, you know, Fox at Fox Five. It's like we have the keyboards, we have the desktops and the keyboards. Not only do I wipe down the desk, I wipe down the keyboard, wipe down the, you know, anything that's touchable, the phone, all of that. It's the right time to be OCD about this. <laughs> Are you <laughs> right. saying I'm OCD? <laughs> I'm saying it's a good time to be. All right, let's. We got some questions and calls. Okay, here's here's your chance. If you if you have something you've been thinking about, and it doesn't matter. Don't be afraid to ask it, okay, because we have Dr. Manny here. He's a medical doctor. Um, he also has an MBA. He's the best-selling author of The Future of Healthcare. He uh, recently opened a new Instagram account, is an accepting people. You're going to follow some of the people back that follow you, right? Oh, yes. At Dr. Manny, MD, Dr. Manny. MD, but um, he's here live in person right now with us in studio taking taking your telephone calls. Let's go to Fidel. Fidel, hi, you're on Hot 97. Thanks for calling in. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Happy Easter, um, Miss Lisa. Happy Easter. Good morning. Yes, happy Easter, doctor. Um, I'd just like to commend all my frontline workers who's working out there. 
Yes. And um, I work for New York City Parks Department, and we are one of the frontline workers, and we're out there every day cleaning the parks. They just made one of our parks a hospital in Flushing Meadow. Oh, wow. They put up the tent. Did they put up the tents yet? Yes, there? at the Billy Jean, at the Billy Jean Center. At the U.S., where they do the U.S. Open, right, right? Yes. Um, it's very scary right now. Coming into work every day, we are using our PPE. We do have N95 masks. We also have stuff that covers our face. Um, we, we have gloves. We are using this new Corecraft product, which is the Peroxide. And we are just cleaning every day, making sure doors, vehicles, things in nature that we are actually using every day, that we're cleaning that every day before we even hop in there. And I just want to know that, you know, Doc, um, I commend all the nurses and doctors for even being working in the environment of this coronavirus 19. This is the most scariest thing in my 48 years of living. This is scary. Th it's um, the scariest thing I think that, that we've ever dealt with. Every human. Yes. Yeah. Every human. And alive. I just want to know people that go inside the hospital, they're feeling some types of symptoms. As soon as they get on these ventilators, two, three days later, they're gone. Like, I don't understand that. Like, is the ventilators helping or is it like, is it something in the ventilator? Or are they so sick to begin with when they get in? Let, let's get Dr. Manny to, because you know what, that's a question that a lot of us have had. W what about what he's saying? Because this is something now that's, I think, really kind of got momentum during the week is people are feeling if I go to the hospital, I'm going to get sick. If I go to the hospital, I'm never going to come out except in a body bag. What do you what do you say to that? Like we do hear about a lot of people on the ventilators that that don't do well. Wh why is that? Correct. Be because um, so if you look at disease in general, right? So, let, so there are many people that have tested positive that do not have symptoms. Then there are those that have symptoms that are mild symptoms that recover. Yeah, those that have symptoms that progresses, um, that could be, the symptoms could be managed and they get better. And then those in the severe category, severe, the worst case scenario of the disease is when you have pneumonia, difficulty breathing, that you end up with on a ventilator, right? And so there are many people that get to the ventilator stage and also get off the ventilator. A great, a great example that, that everyone probably knows is the prime minister of the UK. Right. He was in a ventilator and he's off the ventilator, right? So you can see people advance. So he, but so, but you're saying so. A lot of people that they're like very, very sick already before they before they even go to the hospital. Correct. But but people that go to the ventilator also recover. So, but we, but it's easy for us to just identify those people that did not make it, right? But it is the worst case scenario of people that go to the ventilator. But the majority of people actually make it out. And what about for him, the work that he's doing? I mean, he's there in those the the tents too. I don't think the tents have the that ventilation and. It, it is a psychological thing too, right? Uh, when Dr. Jeff uh, joins us uh, later, I'm sure we'd like to talk about this as well. Because imagine a park is a place where people go for recreational purposes, right? Uh, you go to the park, you go to relax, right? <laughs> That's where you go. And then now you'll see intense and sick people going into that. So it's kind of psychological trauma on its own, right? So it's tough, especially when you go to work and you, your goal is to make people happy and relax. And now you see in the hospitals that so it's definitely a bad mood. Exactly. Okay, let's go to... Uh, um Let's go to Claude right now. Claude, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello? Hey, Claude, I need you to turn the radio down in the background, okay? Okay. And then we can hear, your, you. we can hear your question or comment. 
definitely a diversity. Claude, so, I need you to do my, that right away, okay? Because we got well, people. my comment, I turned it down. Okay. My comment is that uh, once I heard them talking about when the people get on the boat and when they get to where, before they get to where they were call, going, they was dying. And then when they say about Seattle and, and uh, Georgia, though, that tell you right there it's coming off the ocean. You know what I mean? the, the virus is coming off the ocean. Okay, I haven't oh, I haven't heard yeah. that, Doctor Manny. What about that? Uh, I, I think the discussion. Um, I, I don't know if it was focused specifically around the word ocean, or is it more about the spread of the disease? Yes. So it was in New York City, California, right, which is some of the crowded cities where people travel a lot internationally from. There's a big international hubs. Uh, the people come in and out, and so those cities were definitely hit first, uh, like more aggressively. And then, if you look at you know places like Florida, I mean they're pretty safe initially until people started traveling there on vacation, <laughs> right? Spring break and everything else. So the movement of people definitely spreads the disease um, in that sense, right? That's which is why now we've restricted movement. If you live in New York City, for example, New Jersey, you, you actually have to quarantine yourself. Exactly, we're totally quarantined. All right, Correct. we're gonna. Um, I want, I want to bring in a woman who is, uh, she, she's one of these heroes, you know, sheroes of our, our community. And she has done a lot of work. April is Autism Awareness Month, Dr. Manny. So, you know, a lot of parents, they're dealing with the stress of having children, their kids at home, the schools, depending on whether you listen to Mayor de Blasio or what Governor Cuomo says, the schools may or may not reopen through, through the, uh, and, you know, by the end of the year, by the end of this, this, uh, term. So parents are dealing with a lot of issues with their children. And then for parents of special needs children, it's even more of a, of a stress factor and even more demanding of them because a lot of the support services may not be as avail- uh, available as usual. So I want to bring in right now, um, Nadine Wright Arbukar. She is the president and founder of Nissan's Place. And she is a mother and advocate for children with autism. She holds a BA in business management and marketing, which she has used to uh, create this wonderful organization and to fight for kids with autism, especially in under-resourced communities. Uh, she's at, based out of Newark. Nadine, thank you so much for joining us. Nadine, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Did I say your name correctly? It's Abu Bakar, right? Abu Bakar. Abu Bakar. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Um, Nadine, as we look at the, one of the reasons that you founded that you told me when we met, when, when you found, um, you, you founded Nassan's place was because you felt in Newark and especially, which New Jersey, as you point out on your website, nassansplace.org, there is, New Jersey leads the country in cases in children with autism. And you, you founded this organization as a result of your experiences with your son, correct? Correct. Um, New Jersey currently has the highest rate of autism, 1 in 32, um, and that's the state. Nationally, it's 1 in, in 54. But I started Nathan's Place, which is inspired by my 15-year-old nonverbal son because I couldn't find any resources in and around my urban inner-city community. And, you know, it encompassed Newark, East Orange, Irvington, and Orange. And I, I wanted children and families to have the same type of resources that other communities have. And unfortunately, because of the financial challenges with so many of these families, they don't get the right resources that will help enhance the quality of life for these very special children. And and as as a mother going as a mother going through this, what what were some of the things you know? What are some of the things that you've you faced and had to deal with that you could share with us? Well, I, I think the initial shock of it all. It, I will tell you, um, 
getting an autism diagnosis does change your life. It's a life-changing um, situation, but it doesn't mean you have to stop living. We just live differently. So it, 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 he was my only, he's my only son, my last child. And it was, it was devastating in the sense that, you know, because he's nonverbal, I won't be able to be that basketball mom, that football mom. I just had to learn that I had to do things differently with him. And I'm so grateful because he's come so far. And that's because of the resources that I was able to seek out for him and get for him. But so many parents and, and others don't know the resources that are out there. They don't know how to get it. And a lot of communities don't have um, programs within their own community so that these families can stay in their own communities. So in terms of, in terms of what families are going through now, um, we've seen some, some posts on Instagram of parents actually, you know, posting their children. This is what, this is what I'm going through. And they do it because they want people to understand what an incredible challenge it is. What kind of additional challenges is it posing for parents of children with autism at this time where they have to stay indoors. They can't, you know, regular routines or activities that they might have uh, been involved with before are not, you know, available now because everybody has to be basically be quarantined. What are they going through? Right now, these families are overwhelmed because the children, as you said, has been taken out of their day to day and having a child with autism a lot of them on a routine. They they know this is what I do this day, that day, and now that they're not able to go to school, a lot of these parents are in their homes. They're trying to do the best that they can in terms of the educational piece, but the behaviors now kick in because children can't go out and to do the things that they were doing. They can't be with their, their peers that they're used to being with or getting the therapies that they need. I mean, children on the autism spectrum have many different behaviors, and some of them are definitely regressing. I'm getting calls just about every day from some of my families. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go, and it's hard to send someone into someone's home right now because of the quarantine, so they are very challenged. I mean, one of the things that Nathan's Voice is committed to doing is helping any way we can, and one way we came up was to make sensory-friendly care bags, which we started delivering yesterday. We'll be delivering some more today. We made almost 200 bags. And then those bags are sensory-friendly items that will maybe help the children and hopefully put a smile on the faces of, of them. And we also made sure that every child in the household, the siblings, also got a care bag. Because autism just doesn't affect the child with autism. It affects everyone in that household. So it is very challenging. And, and these families need help and they need support. And I think um, more has to be done. And how do we get that done? We have to work collectively as, an, uh, as a community from the state to the local to the federal level, especially now. Families need more support. They don't have the same items that school has, so now they're even more challenged. Some, some families need a trampoline in their home to help regulate the stimulations. These are some of the challenges that they're going through because they don't have the funding to purchase these items. Yeah, Dr. Manny? It, yeah, it is, pretty, it is pretty tough, right? And uh, so I commend what you're doing. I think that's fantastic. But and also imagine all the other uh, kids and special special need kids out there, right? And what support uh, the, are the families receiving? And it's, it goes beyond the happiness of the kid, the family in general, right? The mood in the, at the home is completely different, right? Before we had, you know, special like schools, for example, that could uh, that had equipment and things to to take care of these kids, but now they are home, right? The parents are not experts in this, so you definitely need community support to help, um, you know, put a smile on these kids' faces. Nadine, what is available for 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 parents? Um, you're, you're based in New Jersey and New work um what's what's available for parents like what kind of support can they get because like you said there's special there's special equipment in the schools that the children go to there's
there's also these counselors right. and these educators that that come to the home um, tutors that that type of thing a lot of that is all gone now so how can how can parents kind of try to pull in as many resources as they can well what what I'm what I'm trying to do through Nathan place so we're a small nonprofit I'm trying to um, see how we can go and get these items and have it delivered but because we are financially challenged, just like a lot of small nonprofits, we're not able to do. We have been able to get some technology devices because some of the schools have been able to provide um, Chromebooks or laptops. However, if you got three and four kids in your household and you're only getting two, it becomes a challenge, especially for that child who has autism who doesn't want to give up that, that computer when he needs to because the other sibling now has to do their school learning. So we're trying to find ways where we can support these families by giving them sensory-friendly items in their home, whether it's a beanbag. You know, uh, one parent told me she tried to get a trampoline ordered through um, Amazon, and they said they were only delivering essential items. For a parent with autism, a trampoline is an essential item. Um, so, you know, support your local nonprofits. Um, there are state funding that are coming out now, but we're still waiting to try to get some of that funding. Nathan's Place has a link on our website that will tell them about other resources that are available. Um, we currently serve children and families in and around urban inner cities, and those are your families who are challenged and don't have the resources. So anybody who wants to help and support us in any way, you know, Nathan's Place is www.nathansplace.org. We're doing the best we can, but more definitely needs to be done. And, again, visit the website to get additional information. And, and Nadine, in terms of it, so if people want to help you, like like if somebody wanted to, to, donate. to, to donate a trampoline or, a trampoline, or somebody wanted to donate, uh, to, you know, like uh, iPads, just give it, can you just give us a quick idea of what some of the items are that, that uh, families could really use? Like you, you mentioned, I'm sure iPads or laptops would be a big thing, right? Correct. Most definitely. They would also need uh, a, a trampoline, blocks, um, a lot of our kids like squishy toys, anything learning educational. I mean, these kids want basically the same thing other kids um, need and want, but these are specific things that they would need. I mean, I, we have parents now, and, and just to get away a little bit from those personal items that those children need, they're trying to balance living and getting food in the homes. I mean, we've had to go out and go food shopping. We had to provide gift cards. We had to provide protective gear. Um, so anything that they can give that's sensory-driven, toys. I mean, a lot of our kids are character-driven. They love the um, action figures. And right, action figures, um, dolls. Um, again, learning, educational, squishy noise. Children love music, and they want to get some drums. You know, all of those types of items is definitely needed. And if we can try to bring some normalcy into their homes like they have in the school districts, it would make a huge difference and probably make the transition for them a lot more smoother and take a lot of stress off of these parents because they're, they're really going through it. I had a parent who called me and said, I don't know if I can do this too much longer. She has two oh children. My God. Oh, my so, God. People are yeah. very stressed right now, right? So they you know, are. Because of your mental health component of this. Right. So if they want to continue to support, please reach out to Nathan's Place. We have a link on our website. No amount is too small. No item is too small. You can um, inbox me. at. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And we're on Twitter. Phone number is 973-424-7781. And our website is www.nathansplace.org. And we are a 501c3 nonprofit, and we're impacting these communities head on. Nadine, and I know you are out there because there's a lot. There's a lot of organizations. You, you basically 
one mom with a degree and the child, and you, you kind of launched this whole thing. And, um, you know, I really give you a lot of credit for what you're doing and for fighting for all the kids. So uh, Nadine's website is Nissan's Nissan. It's N-A-S-S-A-N-S place dot org. And I'm going to see if an I can get that up on our street soldiers, uh, street soldiers, Instagram. And we'll see if we can get some help from breaking Lou and the digital team here at Hot 97 to at least get the word out. Because, um, you know, we've got a lot of listeners. Jersey, We're Jersey strong here at the Hot 97 as well, as well as New York strong. So we'll see if we can, we can draw up a little bit of support for you and, and for what you're doing. But thank you so much for what you're doing for the community. It's, it's really amazing. And thank you, Lisa, for the opportunity. I just want to give a big shout out to the mayor of the city of Newark because he, last year, and the city of Newark donated a building to Nathan's place so that we can provide services for these families in our underserved inner city communities. And we're on a mission and a journey now to get the funding we need to make sure we have a state of art center for children to be able to stay in their own community and get the resources and services that they need. So thank you to Mayor Ross, Jay Baraka, and the city of Newark for donating a building to Nathan's place. Nadine, that's fantastic. Thank you so, so much. We really appreciate it. Keep up the great work and we'll see if we can give you a little, little support from our, from our listeners. Okay. Thank you, Lisa. We love you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Happy Easter. Thank you so much. We're going to take a short break. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, uh, our coronavirus crisis special. Uh, with Dr. Manny is here with us in the studio. We're taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And we'll be back right after this. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers, everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We are live on this Easter Sunday as we uh, continue forward in the middle of Passover and get ready for Ramadan later this month. We are talking about the coronavirus pandemic. The uh, United States now is number one in the world in this in terms of deaths. Correct. And in terms of cases. Yes, we passed Italy, which was number one. Which was number one, which is not the number one we want to be. So, uh our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody that is fighting this, everybody on the front lines, all of our essential workers, and uh, you know everybody else that's on the phone lines, too. We're going to get to your telephone calls, T, Kendra, Henry, John, Dennis, Oscar, everybody else. But I want to bring in right now our special guest, Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a clinical psychologist. He's one of the top mental health experts in the United States. He's also an associate professor and course director at Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine. And you have seen him trying to do a psychological thing and help people on The Real Housewives of Atlanta and VH1's Dad Camp. Dr. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us again. We appreciate it. It's wonderful to be with you, Lisa, and with Dr. Manny again, and of course, your incredible audience. Thank you so much. And Dr. Manny's with us in studio. He's I'm a medical Easter. doctor, MD, <laughs> yes, uh, MD, best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare. Dr. Jeff, the... Uh, uh, a lot of the callers, a lot of people are talking about just feeling like they can't go on. We just we just heard from Nadine from NissansPlace.org. She is a mother of a child with autism. She has formed an organization years ago. She helps many, many other families. She said she got a call from a mother yesterday with a special needs kid who just said, she goes, I don't know how much longer I can do it because they don't have access to the support services that they usually get or to the schools. What do you um, yeah. what do you say to people that are feeling like I'm at the end of my I, I can't go on? They have to go on. There's an old saying, and I don't want it to be trite, but it is absolutely true. When you're going through hell, keep on going. This is what makes us incredible as a human species, uh, the predominant species 
um, on this planet is because we are able to adapt and we're able to habituate and we're able to evolve. And this is where we are now. We are at the precipice of going into our next stage of social evolution, how things will change in the way that we interact, in the way that we love, in the way that we live. And so when someone feels that they are at the end of their uh they're under the, the, the end of the rope. They just, you know, she's there. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I didn't even, I didn't, you, you read my mind. You've known me for too long. I don't even want to say that. <laughs> no, Jeff, you, can they, never, you can never know you for too long. Are you kidding me? As long as, long as, long, as, long as I'm breathing, I'm going to need Dr. Jeff. That's it. There you go. So when, when you, when, when you feel that you are at the end of your patience with something like this, this is when you reach out to others. This is when you reach out to organizations that work with children who have um, disabilities. Uh, go online and be able to chat with others who are going through the same thing that you're going through. Because we talked about this yesterday. If you're able to share it with someone else, it's not just about complaining. It's a catharsis. It lets it off your soul, lets it off your mind, lets it off your heart, but then you don't feel alone. And that's the issue here. A lot of people are feeling alone because of sheltering in place and social distancing, but they're not alone. They do have a community that's out there, but they have to reach out of the darkness. Especially in, with, with these parents that are dealing with, with kids with special needs, right? Um, so no parent wants to admit the fact that they can't take care of their own kid. Right, because it makes... Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right, Dr. Jeff, we but have a lot of... Are, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to say, but networks are out there. Get on the net. Get some information. Go, uh, 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 log into your local uh, uh, um, uh, community service provider. The, the the services are there, and and let me let me point this out too, and and I don't I don't mean to be sarcastic about this, but it's like we can Google what watch or what outfit somebody's wearing that one of the, one of the celebrities you know or, or anything about their personal life. This is the time when you can use Google for really get to get the information. You put in a couple of words of what you're looking for. You can put in your location. A lot of things will a lot of things will come up, and there's a lot of resources right there on the web, and also a lot of the a lot of the states and the city. City agencies too. They they have uh, resources as well. But but if you need something right away, I would say the nonprofits are the way to are the way to go. Like, um, Nason's place uh, that Nadine that Nadine runs. That's Nason's place. N a s s a n s place dot org for uh, fighting for children with autism. Doctor Jeff, we have a lot of telephone calls uh, for you and mm -hmm. Doctor Manny. So let's get right to it because I know people want to um, people want to get to you. Let's go to Henry right now. Henry, hi. You're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Well, well, thank you, first of all, uh, uh, Lisa. Incredible show. Um, thank you for having Dr. Manny on to help uh, uh, dispel some of the, uh, the the rumors and the conspiracies and just dealing with facts because it actually puts people, you know, at a good mental state. You know, there's so many conspiracy theories out there. I want to thank you guys. Um, incredible show. Uh, and well, our essential workers working on the front lines. Thank you all. All right, First well, of all. All right. Well, thank you very much. Do you have a question or comment? Yes, I, I do have a, a question, and it's kind of two-part. Um, at the start of this uh, pandemic, um, we were getting informed not to overwhelm and, and, and overstress the hospitals um, and wait for our symptoms to actually be prevalent or uh, to be a little more severe, and I think shortage of tests then. But now we're hearing that um, it is actually better 
um, if you if you have symptoms to rush to the hospital. Um, so what what is the appropriate time first of all, and secondly, yesterday when you were talking about uh, uh, lots of uh, uh, mental issues that was going on with people, um, and a, a caller talked about uh, the fear of. Oh, okay. Just I just lost him. I'm sorry. I'm gonna Jack. I need help with this, these phone lines here. Okay, we got Dr. Jeff. All right, great. The um his his question his question Manny, if you could you know we're we're being told don't go to the hospital unless you're really really sick, but some people feel like if you have severe these severe breathing symptoms, but then there's also the issue as one of the other callers who's on hold is talking about is, you know people are just getting worked up and the fear and they're having you know they're having breathing issues that are not related to COVID nineteen so. When should you really go to the hospital? Because we know 911 is overloaded. We know the ambulances are overloaded. Uh, the hospitals are packed. What should people, like, when do you know when is that point? Especially, you know, for, for, especially for the, for these, your seniors, our, our parents, our grandparents, people like that, that we're, we're taking care of. Correct. So, of course, if you're having a heart attack, you should call 911, right? And go to, go to the hospital, right? I mean, we have hospitals uh, and or, or areas that are specifically for people that don't have COVID-19, right? That someone could take care of you. Go to an urgent care center or somewhere, right? So if you if you think your symptoms are related to COVID-19, I think the first thing will be fever, right? So if you have an allergy reaction, you will not have fever. So if you have fever, dry coughing, can't smell, I'll be going to the hospital, right? If you've been exposed, if you have been exposed to someone that tested positive, you should go to the hospital, right? So it doesn't mean you should wait till your disease gets severe. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that if you've been exposed or you're high risk or you feel your symptoms are related to COVID-19 infection, please do go to the hospital. Dr. Jeff, in terms of the stress factor, another stress factor for a lot of people has just been this constantly changing information. And there's a certain amount, especially in our communities, uh, and rightly so, of skepticism about what to believe and what not to believe in terms of who should, what advice should they follow? Although I have to say a lot more people are following the social distancing and, uh, you know, doing the mask and gloves thing, which is really good. What, what's your, what's your yeah, take on that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, what they can do is they can go to the CDC website. Uh, Dr. Manny, I think, um, uh, can confirm this or not, but it is probably, uh, one of the best places for you to get information, uh, as to what's happening. Uh, and it's important to stay on those particular types of websites versus going just the social media and looking at, uh, what some of the social media platforms are saying, uh, because a lot of that information can be, uh, uh, inaccurate. I agree with you, Dr. Jeff. I think it's very important to go to reliable web websites. CDC website. New is, York State it, Health Department. Yes, yep. And it's also Corona. New York State Health Department. Correct. Yes. And coronavirus.gov is another great one to go because you don't want to linger around uh, Facebook and start reading crazy stuff. Exactly. And we, we talked about it. We talked about it yesterday with Dr. Oz, but we, we got a lot of questions after the show on Instagram at Lisa Evers at underscore street soldiers about the 5G. Dr. Manny, you are confident saying 100 percent. You haven't changed your opinion since yesterday. Dr. Oz, I'm sure hasn't changed his opinion. There's 100 percent no scientific evidence of any connection between 5G and coronavirus. And correct. And since we have Dr. Jeff up here, I mean, uh, is it? I don't know. Is it a human? Uh, is it human nature to always find, in terms of when a we, conspiracy? Conspiracy. When we when we get faced with things like this, right? Uh, to find for other yeah. alternatives. It happened around 9/11. Uh, same right. thing's happening here again. Right. Is that is that like some kind of coping mechanism? 
Uh, it is absolutely a coping mechanism, uh, and it's a way for us to help process information that we're completely confused about or which is very threatening to us or where we just need to take control of the information because it just can be so out there or or something that impacts us in such a, a strong manner that we need to be able to control the way that we bring in that information. So we must be careful uh, with conspiracy theories because it might make us feel better in the short run, but in the long run, uh, always following conspiracy theories uh, leads to a, a form of mental instability. And control your information intake like we control our diet. When we come back, I'm going to ask Dr. Jeff, how can you do that, though, when you walk out the door? Everybody's wearing masks. Everybody looks mad and, uh, you know, or like they, you know, don't even come anywhere near me. It's it's a pretty tense. There's, there's kind of a tense vibe out there right mm-hmm. now. So we're going to see what Dr. Jeff has to say. And we got some questions for Dr. Manny, too, about uh, Oscar wants to know, can you catch the coronavirus twice? We're going to have that more with Dr. Jeff. Dr. Manny, your telephone calls, 1-800-223-9797. I got my phone right with me that's been wiped down and microband sprayed. Um, so hit me up on my, my Instagram or Twitter at Lisa Evers, Blue Check Official. If you have questions or comments and can't get through on the phone or if you just want to say hi, we'll be right back. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is our Hot 97 continuing coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. And I want you to know that a lot of people that are feeling alone, we are live 24-7, seven days a week. We are here for you. So you always have Hot 97. We're here for you. You can always listen to the music. You can go to our website, hot97.com. You can check out what's happening on the app on um, with all the latest artists and all the latest music and news and shows and things that people are saying. And just to get your mind off this, but right now we are focused on it because we want to empower you with information. The only way we are going to win this war is if everybody does their part. If you're everybody's a real street soldier, we do our part, we stay focused, we stay on mission, and we will get to that target, that end goal, which is getting this lockdown lifted and getting back to the new, new normal because things aren't going to go back to the way they were before. I'm sure that we're going to be doing a lot of things differently and our world is changing very rapidly, but we have to move forward. As Dr. Jeff says, when you're in hell, you just got to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Otherwise, you're going to get burned up right there on the spot. All right, 1-800-223-9797. Joining me in studio, Dr. Manny, um, a.k.a. Dr. Emmanuel Fambu. He's a medical doctor, a surgeon, and best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare. On the phone with us, Dr. Jeff Gardier, clinical psychologist, one of the top mental health experts in the United States, and you've seen him on The Real Housewives of Atlanta and VH1's uh, dad camp and uh, Dr. Jeff, we got a lot of callers, so let's get right to it, okay? Okay. And I and you got it. Okay, great. Let's go to um, Oscar. Hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing? Uh, good morning. Uh, happy holiday. Uh, the reason I'm calling, you, you know, if, if a person beats this right and um, you know it gets better, and uh, the, the, he gets his letter for a medical letter, and they say you can go back to work. I mean, is it is this this is this virus similar to uh, the common flu in the sense that can you get another strain of it? Oh, excellent question. Oscar, let's see what Dr. Manny has to say. What about that? Can you get it twice? Like if you recover, can you get it again? So, so that's a great question. So um, I, I was answer that question. How about a great answer for him? Uh, sure. <laughs> Even a better answer, <laughs> right? So, so if, if you look at this in general, um, how, 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 how does infections work? So we get infected by a virus. Um, 
your bodies, the white blood cells produce, um, so you, you have an immune response to it. And so you put, your body produces something called antibodies that actually fights against that virus. And sometimes uh, that memory or antibodies that fight that virus could last a long period of time, right? So, for example, for chickenpox, it's hard to get chickenpox more than once in your lifetime because those antibodies could last entire lifetime. Some could last for three months, some could last for a year. So it depends how long uh, that lives. So to answer that question with coronavirus or COVID-19 specifically, we don't have enough information. Remember, this is a pretty new it's virus. All, it's all new, right? So we it's, don't know because we don't know. We don't even know who's had it. We don't even know who has it right now. Correct. So we, we don't know. We don't know that, right? So, But is it possible? It's possible. So the theory is, uh, in general, like any other infection, that uh, if you get infected, your body could produce memories of this. Uh, I've also seen research that there are people that had the disease that uh, got reinfected again. But it does. But the argument here is, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they got a second infection. It could mean that you, that their immune system dropped a little bit, right? And the same virus got activated again in them. Not necessarily a second infection, but we don't know yet. So, so do you ever get a virus out of your system? Can you ever get it completely out once it's in? Uh, yes, of course you can, right? So we have things like the flu, for example. You have a flu, and right. then your body could contain it, like in mild viruses, right? But in this particular case, the, the time period from January to now is too short for us to make um, those kind of decisions. But as as we go further along, we will know better. So, the, so this is one of the reasons uh, Governor Cuomo said, has, has been saying the last couple of days he doesn't want to open everything up again because he wants to really he doesn't want to open it up again and then have a huge second wave of everybody getting sick. Correct. So, because remember, so unless we have a vaccine, the possibility of people getting sick will, will continue to linger, right? Because even if one person on Earth or in New York City has the virus still, and we go back to normal, and that one person takes the subway or or affects, uh, and we, we drop up our precautions down, uh, we, we could still fall back in the CMS. So it's very important, one, for us to, you know, to be preventive and, and be aware of this and stay indoors. And second of all, uh, support the scientists out there doing the research to make sure that they come up with a vaccine as soon as possible. And the vaccine is, is how far away? Like, th that doesn't happen overnight, right? No, at least a year away. But the good thing is that we are working on it, um, and the, the FDA is working closely with the, with, with the scientists. There are many companies working on this right now from a cure perspective and from a, viral, uh, from a vaccine perspective. So there's a lot of work being done out there. So you think a year from now we'll be in a much better place? Correct. In terms of preventing this and controlling this and this type of thing. Hopefully, if we do find a cure, right? So not because every study is going on means that yeah, it results are positive. Correct. So we, we hope at the, in the best case scenario that about a year from now, we're having a different conversation. All right. I'm hoping that too. Dr. Jeff, in terms of, in terms of controlling our information intake, you know, we, we, street soldiers motto, as you know, is use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. But the fact of the matter is, I, I find myself like I can walk out the door and then as soon as I put that mask on, as soon as I put those gloves on, and then as soon as I see everybody kind of like, just kind of like um, hovered within themselves, like they're a turtle going into a turtle shell, walking down the street, trying to avoid eye contact, avoid, avoid people. I, I, I have to consciously put myself back into my normal positive mood. But how do we, how do we control and stay in a, like a, I don't know if stable is the right word, but just even. Like, how do we just stay in a nice, even place when every time we're constantly reminded about this? Um, do you remember uh, uh, the life that we once had where 
if you were going out to uh, a club or going out to a party, you would put on your best outfit. Uh, you'd get your groove on. Uh, you'd have, uh, you know, you'd have your friends on the telephone and you would prepare <laughs> mentally to go out and have yes. a good time. Yes. Actually, we had a little clip. We had a clip. Shout out to shout out to D Rich and the girls. Uh, we had the miniskirt mafia. We were we had a quite we had quite a plan. We did that quite That's often. Right. That's right. Well, I think that's what we need to do right now before we go out. For example, I went to the super, uh, supermarket yesterday with uh, uh, my wife, and so I prepared myself for two things. Uh, one is to actually go shopping with her because I hate shopping. shopping. So I, I had to well, calm that, down okay. and say a prayer. Right, uh, okay. Psalm twenty-three, uh, and then the second thing was: Wait, is that um, the one that's? Is that the one that's? Uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so men really, men thing, really facts. Men really do hate shopping the way we oh go my shopping. God. Oh, person, not online said, shopping, but they hate the they hate the stores and the whole experience. Oh yeah, she said we'll we'll pick up a few things. That was a uh, four hundred dollars later. A few things turned out to two carts of uh, food. Um, and so you know the other preparation I made is to go out in the world, um, not just with my mask and gloves but also psychologically. Right. So as I walked through that supermarket, even though I had uh, a mask on, people could see me smiling at them with my eyes because I was prepared. I made myself calm before I went out there. And there were two or three individuals uh, who were behind me as I was waiting for my wife and having my own um, sort of like moment as she was buying more and more stuff, um, <laughs> who were behind me and who looked very angry because I didn't move out of the way quickly enough. But because I was prepared emotionally, again, I smiled with my eyes. I waved at them. I apologized and I let them go through and they actually calmed down. So we've got to be role models for the other people out there who are angry, who are right. anxious, who are confused, and the ones who don't want to wear masks and gloves. Uh, I, I think that's being very selfish, but they have their own reasons for doing that. Maybe at some point we could talk about it, but at least I know I'm being socially conscious and uh, and, and and trying to prevent the spread of disease. Excellent point. Be the light or be the shade. All right, let's get to the telephone that's calls it. right now. Uh, let's go to Dennis right now. Dennis, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. I just wanted to mention uh, Happy Easter and my favorite cookie, actually, macaroons. Macaroons, the, okay. Uh, sober. <laughs> is that every day or just on Easter? <laughs> Actually, whenever I get to see it in the store, I grab the a macaroons. Box. Okay, Definitely. all right. I, I, the coconut—that was one. That's one of my favorites too. Anyways, oh, that's okay, even you know, the best. And we're going to take that. I'm going to do that today. Let's like tell us what your favorite Easter candy or your favorite treat is. That'll, that'll make people happy, make us feel better. Just made me smile. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dennis. Go, go right that's ahead. That's okay. I just wanted to share a sh uh, very, I think, uh, important source, uh, which was mentioned by um, reporter Ilya uh, Volkov on Freedom FM. Uh, if uh, masks can be donated to uh, maskfordoctors.org, if anyone has access to it uh, or uh, is willing to donate to doctors or a health professional, it doesn't have to be necessarily a doctor, but I just wanted to share that source. All right. Well, th all. well, thank you very much, and I hope you get some macaroons today. Thank you so much, Dennis. We thank were, you so much, Lisa. We, we, we appreciate it. Okay, let's go to uh, let's go to T right now. T, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. 
Hi, um, I'm calling because I'm the essential worker. I work for Optimum as a field tech. There's plenty of times that I have gaps in my schedule, and now it's it's not as often, but I still have gaps. When I'm in my when I go to my car and I have gaps, I pretty much clean everything, but I do leave my mask on because it's like kind of nervous that you know there's holes in the cars maybe and there's maybe the rides will come in the car. So I'm just trying to figure out when I'm in my truck when I have these long gaps, is it okay for me to take the mask off and breathe, or should I just keep it on? Because you're going into the you're going into the homes to to put in the wiring, the Wi-Fi, or fix it or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay, Dr. Manny, what should T do? What about the what about he's in a work truck too? He's not in his own personal vehicle. Correct, but so in a work truck, you're by yourself in the work truck, correct? Right. He is. Yeah. So please, yeah, it's it's okay if you're by yourself um, in a closed environment. You take off your mask, right? You don't need to necessarily put have the mask on all the time. Uh, something else to add uh, to that particular question is now we have two kinds of mask, right? You have the N95 mask, and then you have your traditional surgical mask, or you know if you're using cloth like a cloth. As, as a mask of traditional right, the, mask. Some of the ones that people are making. Like home, right. Yeah, the, the homemade uh, mask. What is the difference between those two masks, you, yes. you, you might say, right? So uh, a surgical mask or the, the kind of mask you'll you probably make at home just to cover your face protects from exhaled droplets, right? So you're protecting other people from you when you put it on, right? Right. The N95 uh, uh, is protecting you and other people together, oh, right? Oh, okay. Right? So it filters the air that you exhale and the, the one that you inhale. So, so it's different, right? So if you put on your own homemade one, that's what you're doing. You're preventing yourself from actually affecting other people. So if we all have the homemade mask, we're preventing that. That's why we're saying keep the N95s for healthcare workers because they are actually taking care of people that are actually sick, right? So they need more filtered air as opposed to us preventing ourselves from other people. Right, because and they're, cause they're, they're, right, they're right, right up on the people. All right, let's Correct. go to uh, Kendra right now. Kendra, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Good morning. Hi. I just saw, oh, thank you, Dr. Manny. Thank you, Lisa Evers. I just wanted to touch on something briefly. I work for the Parks Department. Um, the last week of February, the first week of March, people were positive. They were sent home, but no one was aware that their workspace was COVID positive. And then we were told that we could not wear masks because it sends a message to the public that something is wrong. Well, something so, is, something is wrong. We have thirty-two people dying an hour in New York State the last uh, last four or five days. I mean, we're in the middle exactly. of a pan- we're in the so middle of a pandemic. Really wrong. And another thing is that they hushed it. It was like um, the homemade PPE was unacceptable, and we share vehicles, and people weren't given PPE until last week. And we share vehicles, we share offices, and the big people at the top are like hushing if anyone's ill. But the thing is, we work way too close for that. Okay, Kendra, let me uh, let me just get it. Let me just get a response. The, the um, if your if your workplace if if your workplace is banning you from wearing a mask at this point, when that's the order, you know, that's the strong recommendation from the state. I would I would suggest you. Uh, bring it up to your boss if the, and if they're not allowing you to to wear it when you feel you need to wear it, even if they're not supplying it, you need to, to you need to call your local health department, the, the New York City Department of Health or the New York State Department of Health. And um, I, I would say call that call that hotline and try to try to do that. I don't I mean, I think this is the best thing to do. Not correct. But, let, but let's not forget in January, if you went to any store to even buy a mask. Right. What was the government saying? The government was saying. 
don't oh, wear one. Don't wear one, right? right. <laughs> so we went to this process and said, don't wear one. And then eventually it was, well, wear one. But what type? Oh, oh now you could use clothing. You could use a scarf, right? So so I, I think it's information uh, that has been released over a period of time. But, but I think it's not because of a conspiracy. I think... We just learn more about the virus as things progress. Right, um, but people need to, need to do what they can. Doc, Dr. Jeff, yeah. and can you weigh in on that just briefly before we go to the top of the hour here? The, um, a, a lot of the calls that we've been getting since we started these coronavirus uh, crisis specials have been from workers who don't feel that they're being given enough protection. What can they do mentally in terms of trying to empower themselves? Uh, and you're absolutely right. Uh, they are in harm's way. They're facing danger every day, and the institutions are not protecting them. They're using them as soldiers, sending them in, uh, and it's a war of attrition. Whoever lasts uh, beats the virus, uh, and that it shouldn't be that way. It's important for them to, uh, as just as you said, speak to union uh, members, uh, band together, and make decisions as to whether or not they're going to allow themselves uh, to be used in that particular way and demanding that they get protective equipment. And, of course, um, all of us coming together and donating, as some of uh, your uh, callers had said, find ways to donate protective equipment. I heard a story of a guy who walks into a clinic in Connecticut and is bringing in protective equipment to the workers there for free for free, just coming in every week and then leaving and not asking for any money or anything. So those are the things that we need to do. No, those are definitely the things we need to do. And if you are one of our city workers or in the tri- tri-state area and you are being banned from wearing a mask or you are being uh, told that it, if you feel there's a story there, you can hit me up on my Twitter, my Instagram, at Lisa Evers, or on our street soldiers at underscore street soldiers on Instagram. Um, and, and let me know if you if you want us to try and do a story on that. OK, we'll, we'll, we'll shine some light because everybody should be no one should be in that situation. Have to deal with that additional pressure. Uh, this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Dr. Manny with us. Dr. Jeff with us. Your telephone calls. We'll be right back. WQHD HD1 New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. And we are here for you. I just I, I know a lot of people are feeling alone. A lot of people are feeling upset by what's going on we're we're basically all in the same boat on this one whether you're rich whether you're poor um you know any of that so 1-800-223-9797 uh dr manning one of the biggest stories of the week that we saw was this racial disparity with who gets a coronavirus 34 percent in new york city latino uh blacks blacks and latinos african-americans and latinos uh getting dying from this at a two-to-one rate compared to whites uh, what's your take on that? Is that is that strictly institutional racism? Is that lifestyle? Is that lack of access? What is that? Correct. So um, like you mentioned at the opening uh, that specifically that this disease or this virus does not discriminate, right? But it does discriminate when it comes to outcomes, <laughs> right? So yes, everyone can get infected, but who dies from it is completely different, right? And we know clearly that minorities, blacks, uh, Latinos, die at a much higher rate than those that are not uh, black or Latinos. And so it, so, so the, the issues go way deeper than anything else that, that, we, could, that we, could, we could talk about, right? So it's a pandemic of poverty or, or access to healthcare. This is with or without the COVID-19 crisis. So if you look at, you know, uh, access to healthcare in general, right? Um, 
most so the majority of people that live in poor neighborhoods uh, have what, what do they do? Medicare, Medicaid, right? What, what kind of quality therapies are you actually on when you actually get sick? Um, right. And if you get sick, uh, what doctors see, right? Um, is the reimbursement rate the same, right? For, for someone that has private insurance or you have government insurance. So these are the realities of healthcare. And so added to that, uh, there's a lot of cases of, uh, you know, diabetes, right? Uh, uh, asthma, high blood pressure, asthma. high blood pressure, right? And Dr. Oz was mentioning yesterday as well, right? And we all talked about this where when you have comorbid conditions, that means that your body cannot handle, uh, when you, when it's under stress. Any more stress. And, and more stress. And so when you have something like COVID-19 show up, the death rates translate directly into what we have to do. So it's very important that we look at our mind and body health, right? When you say health, let's not just f- focus on the sugar thing, <laughs> right? right. Uh, only that. But look at your mental health is also very important because when you're stressed, that also leads down to you having diabetes and other having other... Uh, it relates ca- to all these other stuff. metabolic uh, stress, right? right? So and you are going to be more stressed if you're in the minority and you're going to be are more stressed if you're in inadequate housing. You are going to be more stressed of all these things. Dr. Jeff, in, in, term, in terms of that piece, because you know we we see the, bre- the the breakdown of who's dying from this and of course we got to th- we got to put the el- the elderly in there as well too it's like how mm-hmm. do you, how do you if you are in any one of those categories how do you uh deal with not feeling like a victim or or feeling victimized or feeling you know extra vulnerable well uh that's why it's important that we do take care of the elderly and um be able to explain to them uh, that we are protecting them from a virus, and that's why we can't uh, be with them. Um, but I also want to add on to what Dr. Manny is saying. Uh, as people of color, uh, as Latinos and so on, uh, we have to look at that we have genetic vulnerabilities, too. Uh, I've started to, you know, um, I, I've talked about, Lisa, many times about my OCD and generalized anxiety and you know, obsessive compulsive uh, disorder, which, by the way, it's all disappeared now, Lisa. You know why? Why? Because all the stuff I was imagining in my head was much uh, (laughs) crazier than what the reality is. That reality has a way of bringing you back down to earth. Now you worry about real things and not the imagined stuff, right? But the other thing I found out, and and I'll share this with your audience, um, I am in the gym seven days or was in the gym seven days a week uh, and and work out from home every day. I was shocked to find out, even though I was in incredible shape, that I had uh, hypertension. Uh, and if it had not been diagnosed, I might have been on my way to a heart attack and other medical issues. So it's important that we look at our genetics. Uh, as people of color, we have a higher tendency for hypertension. Uh, and therefore, if we see that our parents have it, get checked out for it. Take control of your health. And when you are on your medications, you know, work out, take care of yourself, but be on your medications because we are at higher risk for a lot of diseases. Correct. And just to add, just to, add to that, uh, Dr. Jeff, uh, I specifically, like my grandmother actually died from like heart failure and she had hypertension for a long period oh, of time. Oh, sorry. And so, um, uh, thank you. Um, I miss her, but it's great. Happy Easter to her, where <laughs> she is, right? Happy Easter to all Good. of the, the grandmothers, mothers, fathers, all of our loved ones that are uh, in a better place, literally. Correct. So, um, and, and so what happened was I literally, uh, if, like several months ago, decided to do a genomic test on myself to actually figure out if I had a risk of disease. 
And I've, I thought I was in great shape, but I found out I have a race for hypertension as well. <laughs> right. So I, sh- I could, there are two things. I could wait till I get a heart attack or I could start doing things different today. Right. Uh, exercising, eating healthier. So I think it's something for us to understand about healthcare and be more proactive about healthcare than being reactive and more self empowering too. Correct. And saying, okay, you know what? I can't, sometimes you can't change the, the, the hand you're dealt, but you can play the, play it a lot better. Correct. You're not doomed, right? Um, right. And obviously your genetic, your, your genetics, uh, it, it's like the foundation, right? Um, uh, life is a story. <laughs> your genes are just one piece of that story. And y- your decisions that you make every single day can put you at higher risk or lower risk. And you can change that story. All right, let's take some phone calls. Uh, let's go to Brenda right now. Brenda, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Happy Brenda. Easter. Happy Easter I'm to a you. Nine, I'm a 911 operator. My title is Police Communication Technician. And the problem is we are essential workers. Our union is DC 37-1549, but the problem is we're listed as clerical. We need to have our title changed to first responders. Every day our workers are getting on the train to come to work, and even police officers that had our title were brought back to the job to take phone calls. And we need our fair share. I have a coworker. She was recently put in the paper because she passed away, and we have sick people. And, you know, I get health care. They're getting their they're getting their props, FDNY, EMS. But if 911 NYPD didn't exist, you wouldn't get EMS. We're the lifeline of New York City. And we're just the invisible person right now. And we're women of color. We're minorities. And come on. Brenda, we've been shout, we've been shouting out you and your colleagues pretty much every show, and I and I want to I want to recognize what you're doing because nine one one you are our lifeline, and especially now yeah. in this crisis, I I know and I know the volume of calls. I w- I was told that on a normal day you get about four thousand calls a day. Now you're getting you're getting many many more thousands of calls because of because of what's going on, right? Yeah, yes, but the call volume has changed. But the thing is. You know, the fire department is putting out their, their core volume, but in order to get them, you have to get us first. And we're tired. We're coming to work. We're leaving our families at home. And every day we walk in and out the door, we can affect our families. And it's like, we, we, we're the silent hero. And it's like, we need our title change. We need our union to fight for us. We need the police department to fight for us as well. All right, so I'm I'm going to put that out there. You're and and first of all, I, thank you so much because and it's a lot of women too. It's right, right. It's mostly correct. Women, mo- Hispanic, mostly. black, every culture in there. We're all in there. We're single moms. We're we're wives. We're we're grand we're grandparents raising kids, and it's like every day that we come to work, we don't know if we're going to get infected because we can have people that work around us that are infected and don't know. And then we, like I said, there are people that left our job and became police officers and because we're in such dire need of people they brought them back to take 911 phone calls and that's it that shows how much we are needed to keep the city above ground so what would you what what could what could make your situation better or make you feel more comfortable at this time you know given given what's going on given this high call volume given the fact that people are sick i think you guys are also in pretty close quarters at metro tech right yeah yeah and, and i think what think would you the, what would you like the nypd or or dc 37 to do and we can follow up on that for you we need to be recognized as first responders we need to get that pay because we are struggling as people yes the, we got overtime right now that's helping us keep us afloat but we need to get our due we need to get our pay. 
And the thing is, too, is that we need a break, too. People get held for overtime back to back to back, supervisors, number one operators, and it's like everyone is at the struggle to just stay afloat. And Brenda, let me bring in Dr. Jeff here. Dr. Jeff, you're hearing what Brenda's going through. Um, she, she's one of the one of the silent and often unrecognized heroes of our city. The nine one one callers they deal every day with with over a hundred emotionally disturbed people and people in distress for crimes and, and violence and other things. They're they're literally the lifeline, and they are working they are working these tremendous back to back overtime shifts. Any any advice for her because it's 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 very tough. Well, uh, you know what. I guess the most important thing is I'm hoping that her supervisors and the people who run her agency are listening to her because she is crying out in pain and saying we can't do the back to back to back to back shifts in this way because not only will it begin to affect their mental health, but it will uh, affect the quality of the work that they're giving to people. So I would say, Brenda, if you can, uh, with your other, uh, I'm going to say the word, First responders, uh, if you can have uh, an informal support group where three, four, five of you can just get together to talk, uh, to be able to let down your burdens, let go of your burdens, but also look at empowerment strategies to keep yourselves going, that's important to do. Until your agency steps in and does what they're supposed to do, you all, uh, I, I hate to say it, but you're going to have to take the bull by the horns and protect yourself because you do have your own families that you also need to be strong for. And Brenda, I'm going to put you. I'm going to put you on hold and ask Anaya to to get your contact information, and I'll see if I can uh, help you a little bit on the news tip. With the, maybe we can do something, you know, as a news story, or maybe I can at least reach out to DC 37 and the uh, and the NYPD to to try to get you some answers because NYPD their stat their stats they have nearly 20 percent of the department out. They've had numerous deaths. And uh, yeah. but at least we'll we'll see what we can do. But we're we're certainly going to do hashtag nine one one operators are first responders. How about that? Let's thank start, you. Let's start I appreciate that. that. All right. I, thank you. That is so appreciated. All right. Thank so th- thank you very much, Brenda, for what you and your your colleagues are doing. And uh, the nine one one callers. That's that's really the that really is the lifeline. There's there's no question about that. Let's go to uh, Marcy right now. Marcy, hi. You're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning, Lisa. Happy Easter, everyone. I were, I'm a teacher at a juvenile detention facility. Um, some of my students are infected with the coronavirus. I do still have to come in and teach them. I am not giving an N95 mask because my facility, I don't think, has them for their workers. So maybe that's one request of me being on the radio, seeing if anybody can donate N95 masks to the Children's Village. But um, it's very a hostile environment right now. How do you handle the kids? Because we have some kids that cannot be released just because the facility has children infected with the coronavirus, but they have not been infected themselves. So that's, you know, how to help them cope with this. And in terms of uh, a Dr. Jeff question, what, what can you do with helping the kids? Yeah, mentally, it's staff. We're at a friction of a moment where everyone's giving friction now. You know, the staff's upset. They have to leave their families to come in. Right. They don't have the N95 masks. You know, like we're at a bubbling point. And these are kids with mental health illnesses. We're at the juvenile detention. And, you know, we want to be there to provide the best 
um, environment we can for these kids at this time, but it's frustrating. Imagine somebody telling you you can't go home, you did your time because of a coronavirus. Oh, wow. Well, um, Marcy, I definitely I definitely want to get your telephone number so we can follow up on this again, too. But, Dr. Jeff, what advice do you have for Marcy? Uh, Marcy, and I think you know uh, this uh, uh, intrinsically in your soul, it really is about, first of all, you're a hero uh, by doing this work. It sure is. Uh, it is unfortunate that we can't let our kids uh, out of the uh, facilities uh, because uh, of the contagion uh, in itself. Uh, so I think it's important more than anything that you let them know how much you care for them, that you are trying to protect them, uh, that you have mm-hmm. a series of conversations as to what the virus is and what it can do and how they're being asked to make sacrifices, but how we are all making sacrifices um, and that eventually this will be a situation of where once we get it out of control, uh, get it uh, under control, um, that life can go to somewhat of a new normal uh, and that their lives uh, will then move on. Thank you, Dr. Jeff. Can I ask you one more question? My aunt in the nursing home just lost her husband of 48 years. I, again, had to go in the nursing home to give her this information. And there's no way no one can console her. We can't have a funeral. How do family deal with losses when, you know, you can't really be there for one another? And I feel very bad. I just want to take her home from the nursing home. But I can't do that. Right. And so physically, we physically, we can't there with them but there are ways uh, through uh, the uh, video platforms and so on arrangements made with the nursing homes uh, uh, many of them hopefully uh, mm-hmm. where you can communicate with her and also the people who are within that nursing home find someone who you trust you know uh, you have your people mm-hmm. in there uh, yeah. who take care that, that of really get, right others. that are do, that are right. that are about Up it yeah them. yeah and yeah. let them be able to also express what is going on, too. Yes, thank you, guys. I really appreciate Marcy, all your help into our community about this. Marcy, thank you. Thank you so much for your call. Just hang on. I'm going to have an eye. Get your, get your telephone thank number you. so we can stay in touch with you, okay? Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. All th- right. Thank you very much. And if, if anybody has, because um, I know we have all kinds of everybody listening and everything like that, anybody has N95 masks for some of these uh, workers, that, that we keep getting calls from, from the Parks Department, our E911 operators who are first responders who deserve those masks too. Um, from Marcy, they're, they're teaching in the juvenile detention facilities, uh, with, with, with juveniles, with children who, who should be allowed to go home, but they can't because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, hit us up at 1-800-223-9797. Uh, send us a DM at underscore street soldiers. Uh, street soldiers at hot97.com is our email. You can shoot us an email there. So you have a lot of ways. You get me on Twitter at Lisa Evers or Instagram and, uh, we'll be happy to, happy to make that connection for you. Okay. And this is scary. I mean, it's pretty sad, right? Uh, sometimes when you hear the stories, it, it brings us into reality, right? It's easy when we, when we look at these numbers and we say, oh, they had 700 people that died or reached the plateau at the peak. But for each person that died, there are stories like this within families, right? So being losing family members and not being able to actually grieve or see someone for the last time, right? It's, it's very heartbreaking. It's, it's tremendously heartbreaking. Dr. Jeff, just some final words for us as uh, on this Easter Sunday. I know you're also, I, I think, an ordained minister as well, right? 
I am. Uh, you know, uh, in, when I had my midlife crisis, instead of getting a convertible uh, and a mistress, I actually uh, went to seminary. Uh, you know, I'm getting at that age where I need the extra uh, brownie points to get into the pearly gates. Uh, so uh, my message... From all well, those you know, parties, humor, though, right? is humor is healing, too. Dr. Is, Manny totally. will tell you that. That's right. I know he has, he has a sense of humor. That's right. Yes, he does. That's, that's why he's here, because otherwise, the other ones, we just, it's too much. We just, too much. Anyway, so, so you're, so yeah. you're a minister. So, but can, I have to ask you our question of the day, our, our street soldiers, totally irrelevant question yeah. of the day. Are you going to indulge in any Easter candy today or any Easter treats? Uh, I'm going to have a quarantini at about uh, five o'clock this <laughs> evening. That, that's my Easter a, treat. A quarantini. I like that. Quarantini. Yeah, that's right. And Shaking, it's in, not hurt. And it's in what? A little bit dirty, just like me. Yes. <laughs> and let me guess, it's in one of those uh, those Seven Eleven big gulp size cups. <laughs> well, I, I am practicing good uh, mental health, so moderation is the key. But here's what I do, did want to say as okay. a psychologist as an ordained minister on this Easter Sunday. Um, you know, there are days, especially these days under COVID-19, where we're going to be depressed, where we're going to be anxious, where we're going to be angry and confused, and when we are going to cry, uh, especially as we mourn those who, who have passed, uh, support those who are ill right now, uh, not just of COVID-19, but other uh, medical conditions and psychological conditions, uh, but let's also allow ourselves the time to laugh and to love and to be supportive for one another, because at the end of the day, no matter what happens, as we go through this next evolutionary phase of our lives, the spiritual phase of our lives, it's important that we never lose hope. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say amen to that. Dr. Jeff, thank you very much for being with us. And um, I hope we can call on you again. I, I'm sure we can. And I, I know we will. And I hope you'll be available to us, to our audience. You've helped a lot of people uh, today and yesterday, given us so generously of your time. And you definitely earned your quarantini. So thank you. Enjoy. Yes, thank you. Uh, God bless you all. Uh, God bless America. And uh, thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you, Manny. Thank you to your incredible uh, audience. Thank you to the Street Soldiers. All right, Jeff. Thank you. Thank Dr. Jeff. Thank you so much. We love you. Uh, this is Street Soldiers, a special coronavirus crisis special. Uh, well, you've heard of club quarantine, right? All the DJs have a club quarantine. A shout out to D-Nice. Shout out to uh, Camillo, everybody doing that. And now you got the quarantini, which is the official drink of the club quarantine. You should get a trademark on that name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers, everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is part of our Hot 97 continuing coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. The United States, as of this weekend, now number one in the world. Uh, not the kind of number one we want to be, but we are. We're wishing everybody a happy Easter who's celebrating that today. Passover, uh, those of you celebrating Passover and everybody getting ready for, uh, for, for Ramadan as well. There's not one single community that has not been affected by this. There's not one age group, one demographic. Uh, some groups are being more hard hit than others for sure. Some are better prepared for sure. And as Dr. Manny put it, uh, this virus affects everybody, but what kind of access you have and ability to, to deal with it depends, can depend on what you look like 
and also depend on what your economic status is, like so many other things that we see. We're joined in studio by Dr. Emmanuel Fambu. This is Dr. Manny. He's a medical doctor, a surgeon, and author of the best-selling book, The Future of Healthcare. And uh, Dr. Manny, let's go to the phones. We have a lot of people that are, are hanging on here. Let's go to uh, Lucas right now. Lucas, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Happy oh. holidays to everyone. Thank you so much. Happy holidays to you. Um, just wanted to make a quick comment um, because, you know, my family's in the medical field as well. I just picked up my wife from the Presbyterian. Um, there's a there's um, an issue with people wearing gloves. Most people, and I'm not saying that you should not. I think you should wear gloves. But most people, you need to pay attention as to, you know, when you're wearing gloves, most people subconsciously think that it's okay to touch everything and they forget that when they when they touch something they think that they're safe and then they'll touch their phone and send a text message and they put that phone to their face and you know it's you have to be conscious of what you're doing see when you're not when you're not wearing gloves you you tend to wash your hands a lot more and you clean your hands because you're afraid. Now, when you touch something, the the germs or the virus or anything gets onto the gloves, and then you'll you'll jump in your car. You touch your car handle. You touch your steering wheel. When you touch things like this, you're forgetting. You're thinking that you're safe because you have the gloves. You have to be conscious. No, exactly. That, that, Correct. Those, those, yes, those gloves are carrying the virus, or they're carrying some kind of ailment. Um, now. Most doctors, and my wife is, is one to tell you, um, she's here with me, she's also saying when they're in the hospital, they're not allowed to walk around the floor with gloves because they have to take them on, off as soon as you use them. So for most people, because they can't afford maybe to buy a full, like a, a giant box and they have to, they have to keep, they feel right. like they have to keep reusing them, that's very, very, um, it's, it's, it's not... You know, it's not a, a Lucas. You're, Luke, Lucas, you're, ra- you're raising a good point. I just want to get Dr. Manning to. This is something you've been saying from day one. Since about well, since day one when they said wear the mask and the gloves, is that the gloves give people a false sense of security, and they can be even more dangerous if you're not using them properly, like Lucas was just saying. Uh, correct. And thank you for what your wife is doing as in the hospital. Correct. So, so people think. In general, that because you have a glove, that means your hands are safe, right? And your hands are clean. But the whole idea is objects touching your face, right? So, right. so for example, I have a glove on right now, but that means I'm less likely to wash my hands with gloves on, I, I, right? I mean, I have one pair of gloves. I'm not going to wash my hands wherever I go or wash the gloves. If you have your hands, you probably put a hand sanitizer, you wash it more frequently. So because you have a, a glove, remember, that's another surface, right? So please change the gloves as much as possible. You need can to you wash the gloves? I'm sure you can, but it's not what people do naturally, right? People are naturally put on soap and wash gloves, <laughs> right? So, you, so getting rid of them. I did. I washed the gloves after I opened the Amazon boxes, which is fantastic. Because I only had one pair in the one house. Pair, at correct. The time. So you could wa- you should wash them. And right? I didn't want to use the dishwashing gloves to use to open the packages. Correct. So, which is very important to uh, to keep to keep your mind out and, and think about this thing. Same with the face mask. Uh, I was at a grocery store yesterday, and I saw people with face mask and. It looks like they've been wearing that same face mask for the last week or the last two weeks, right? Exactly. Just in the color of the face mask. Oh, right? that's nasty. Which I don't know if that's actually safe for you or actually bad, right? Um, and if you're sick and you're sneezing on that, so hopefully you're protecting yourself from other people, uh, which is bad or nothing, but it's not, please uh, get multiple versions of this mask and make sure you wash them or, you know, you know or recycle them. Exactly. All right. Let's uh, let's go to Allison right now. Allison, hi. You're on Hot 97. Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers and Dr. Manny. What's your question or comment for us? Hi. How are you? Yes. Right, I just you? wanted to 
make a comment. Um, I work for the post office, and I just feel like my carriers do not get enough rec- recognition for being frontline workers. Um, you know, it's a lot of animosity going on in the office because they don't have the proper gear. They don't have enough of the gear, and they fight with the carriers to do more work. And I just want to send a huge love to all my carriers, but just they need some type of recognition. I need some type of something to give them to keep them confident and going because they're worried about bringing the stuff home to their their families and they're front line with all of these customers that they have to face every day, making sure they get the proper medication and their checks and everything else that they need. So it's just a real struggle, you know, being in an office that's so small and everyone's on top of each other and everyone's arguing because they feel like the post office doesn't care enough about them. All right. Well, we always shout out the postal workers when we shout out all the essential workers. Um, but th- thank you very much for the call. What about people in the, these crowded office conditions, too? Because there's also a certain sense of, OK, well, I'm in my office. I don't really need to wear a mask. Do you need to wear a mask and gloves when you're in an office? Yes, if you are around other people and, and people are close to you, you should put on a mask, right? So that applies to if you're in an office in a very uh, close kind of environment with different people coming in and out, you should definitely protect yourself from other people. Remember, the best mindset is to think that everyone has this or everyone is a carrier, right? right. So you can't, you can't say, oh, that's my best friend from, uh, from high school. This, this is my coworker and they showed up. So maybe I, they, they are perfectly safe. And no, so the idea here is remember, no one is trying to infect anyone. The people, it's just that we are carriers. People could be carriers and we don't have widespread testing. So people don't know, right? So it's just the best practice uh, to, to do that. Uh, even though we got a lot of calls today about, you know, people working in, in crowded uh, environments and not having PPEs, let's also give shout outs to people that have been laid off. Uh, there are a lot of people today that actually have no jobs. Right. And, and, no, and, right. and, and we're going to do more about the money next Correct. weekend. Cause, and, and the good news is, suppo- I hate to use the phrase, checks in the mail, but supposedly some of the stimulus checks have, have gone out. Correct. If you live in New York City, what would a stimulus check actually do to you? Right? What's $1,200 in New York City? Right. right. And so you have all the hotel workers, the bartenders, right? Uh, the DJs, the party promoters, and everyone else. These people have no jobs. Right. A the lot, spa, a lot the of spa people. people, the barbers, the barbers, the nail salons. Oh, oh, there's a lot of people. Correct. Without without a job. Without without a job and with right. with, with no income. So, uh, yeah, the, there's a there's a lot going on. Let's go to Austin right now. Austin, hi, you're on Hot 97 uh, with Lisa Evers and Dr. Manny. Thank you so much for for hanging out. How are you? For you, Lisa. You know, I'm 40 something years old, and I've always followed you for years. And I, it's, you know, it's, I applaud you for still doing the job you do. Thank you for being out there for being a voice for us like that. You know, um, I, I, I currently work in healthcare. All right, and I'm not going to go into detail of where I work or how I work. No, you don't need to put them on blast. That's cool. No, it's not even just that. It's, this is the main point of why I even wanted to wait online for so long, and I wanted to say this. I understand that we live in a world where a lot of us want to be recognized and to be acknowledged and to be, you know, just not, you know, take it for granted. Right. I get that. I get that. That's the nature of man. That's the nature of humans as we are, you know. Um, the thing is, at the time that we're in right now, this is a time where whatever your ability is, just do that. Do that in a positive sense without any accolades necessary, without any reasoning to expect anything in return other than we want to keep our world going. We want to see a future continue to live, okay? This is what we need to put our minds on, okay? You know, I hear people, you know, speak on the money and, you know, I want to get paid a little bit more money for this, that, and that. We don't know how much money is going to matter in a few years if we don't get this thing under control. 
Okay, oh, that, that is so, so true. That, so, you know, certain things that we tend to want and we tend to think that's important, you know, I get it. You know, this is what we've been, like, accustomed to in our um, region, in our country, in a sense. Because, you know, when you look at other countries, with less that we have, and they're striving still a lot better than we are. And I said this before to a friend of mine. I said, you know, a lot of these other countries, like even the countries that started with this whole virus, these are countries that have a certain uh, communist-type, uh, disciplinary-type uh, way of living. We live in a free country, which we should always be grateful for. But you see, because of some of the freedom that we have, we don't believe in discipline. Okay, so well, okay, Austin, I, Austin, I've got so many people on hold, and I know you've. I'm not going to take. I'm not going to take too much longer. I'm gonna no, get I, off, I need. Get I, need right I need to get right to the point, and then uh, I have to keep it moving because we, we, we literally the phone lines are just blazing. I, and I and I respect that. You know. Anyway, I wanted to say to everyone out there: don't give up. Yes. Keep pushing, keep yes. striving, do what you got to do, and we're going to make it out of this, and this is going to be something we're just going to talk about 10 years down the line if we can just make it out of this, okay? All right. I love that. Yeah. All right, Austin, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that positive message. Let's try to – can I squeeze in one more call here? All right, going to squeeze in one more call, but I want you to stay with us till the top of the hour, too, because we have a special guest coming on. Um, let's go to uh, Staten Island right now. Hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning. How are you? Yes, right. I just want to know if this is fine, if it's okay. I'm a healthcare worker. I work in a facility nursing home, but I'm coming from an outside agency. But the facility there, they all wear protective masks and gears, the nurses and the CNAs. But we from the outside agency, we are not having these protective masks and the virus is in there. In the and nursing home, and definitely. I'm like, I'm trying to figure. I feel like that's not right. Wait, so see, so everyone, see, do, do, so when you say okay, so are they wearing the N95 masks inside the nursing home, or are they wearing yes. just those the, the N95 ones, the big ones? They're wearing the green one. They're wearing the protective gear. Where because the virus is in there, and they passed away already. Oh my god! And everything. Have you? But have, we are not. We just wearing the regular blue mask. That's it. Doctor Manny, what about that? No, you should be protected as well. I, I think the mindset here is we need to have this community mindset. So even if your agency doesn't give it to you and you walk into, you walk into a hospital and they have access to it, they should give you on, right? You can't just protect yourself and watch someone else and you know they're exposed and you don't care about them. Exactly. You just worry about yourself. And right? these things right. coming into, you know, coming in, in contact with us, with me and my clients, you know, because I do like one-to-one. And I feel like it's not right. I feel everybody who... Did you, ask for one? did you ask for one from them? Did you ask? Did you ask for them? I I did. I actually said the, the mask, the protective gear is not for um the private aid. It's just for the staff who work there on payroll. What we about your agency? There. Did you ask your agency boss? I asked her, but she said they're going to try to get them and it's coming till end of May. So I, don't, I was like, that's too long. That is too long. That, that's unacceptable. And, and, and such such decisions affect all of us, right? Because if, right. You, if you get sick and you're on your way home and you're, you get other people sick, and guess what? We are back into this nonsense, right? I mean, the, the whole idea is let's all do our parts and if we could share equipment, right? So someone saying you're not on the payroll and they have the mask at ho- in the office, they will not give you one mask to help protect you, right? When you get sick, 
it will not only affect you, yeah. it will affect everyone else. And the other thing, the other thing too is I, you know, we don't have, I don't have specific statistics on this. I'm just going to say this out of, as just, you know, being a, being a reporter and on my gut and also what people, what I've been hearing from people too is that the second wave that's coming into the hospital now are essential workers. They're people that are, are on the front lines and the, with, without, the, without the proper protection. Seal, I'm sorry. Is it Seal, S-I-L? Yeah, still. Okay, still. So I'm I'm sorry for what you're going through. If you want if you want to hang on the line, um we got to keep it moving here and take a short break. If you want to hang on the line, I have an eye get your number and if if we find any angels out there who have uh N95 masks or whatever, maybe we can, you know, we'll certainly try Thank to put you in touch. Okay? I I can't guarantee yeah. it because I don't have control over that, but we'll certainly put out the word right now if you have N95 masks, if oh, you are or something. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, exactly. All right. Th- thank you so much, Sil, for your call. Thank you for the work that you're doing. I mean, Dr. Manny, are you shocked as as a medical person just hearing how many people are right in the, they're, they're just right in the ground zero of this epidemic and they just don't have the, you know, they don't have the protection they need and I mean, I'm shocked. I, I'm actually not shocked because I, I think we could have responded to this in a much better way, right? We, we live in America, the wealthiest country in the world, and we expect people that have no jobs or work at a minimum wage to go buy gloves and N95 masks, right? I mean, we could literally have this available everywhere. We should literally have masks everywhere. Everyone has an opportunity to grab a mask. People should not be switching masks and washing hands. No, I mean like just like switching, like using right. using things. This, that's completely unacceptable. For uh, us I to agree, live, it's to unacceptable. I think it's unacceptable. That's what I'm saying. Whatever little piece we can do, even just getting the word out about this. Correct. And if you look, at, even, even in the hospital, right? If you come in and you're a top surgeon, guess what? You have the best equipment, right? You cover it up completely. Of course. The janitor, uh, top surgeon correct, like you. The janitor uh, that's walking around actually picking up all the waste. Um, the biohazard, the biohazard stuff is the less protected, the least protected person, because they're at the bottom of the food chain. Is <laughs> the reality of society, and that's what we talk about. Right. So we need to empower those workers and and, and say no, they deserve the same uh, protective equipment as the, the the CEO of that hospital, the same as the top doctor in the hospital deserves. Exactly. Everyone should be on the same in the same situation in terms of protection. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host Lisa Evers. Doctor Manny with us in studio. We'll be back right after this. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is our special Hot 97 continuing coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. We are here for you. We're here for you 24-7. We're here for you on the air, around the clock. We're here for you every Saturday and Sunday with Street Soldiers, Saturdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 7 a.m., to bring you the latest information, the latest news, give you really put everything in kind of perspective and help us just know that, you know, you know what's going on and how we can protect ourselves and what we can do. And um, I'm joined in studio by Dr. Emmanuel Fambu. Uh, Dr. Manny, he's a medical doctor. He's also a surgeon, MD and MBA, and he's the author of the best-selling book, The Future of Healthcare. And Dr. Manny, we're joined on the phone right now by Roger Milner. He's the chief growth officer for Metro Plus Health Plan. And uh, Metro Plus is one of our Hot 97 sponsors. They've been a longtime sponsor of the studio. And we're trying to get Roger on the phone right now so we can get him on the air. But um, the the importance of health care. Um, Dr. Manny, in terms of the protection, okay, the, the this, this protection issue 
is key. And I'm sure a lot of elected officials and people in these positions of power will say, well, you know what? We, we, this came up, came so fast. We didn't have time to stockpile N95 masks. We didn't have time to have distribution networks set up to get them to like sill, like the, these workers who are going into the nursing homes, which are, they're really at super high risk there. Um, is, do you accept that? Yes, I accept that. Yeah, no one knew this was coming, right? So it's not like someone saw this virus in the lab and yeah. But so we were ill prepared. So let, let's get that. But since January to now, we've known that this virus has been around. And so if we are telling people to put on masks and we're asking people, to, you know, to put N95 mask or, or, you know, make cloth mask and, and others, we can certainly subsidize this and make this available for people in general. People should be walking around grocery stores picking up this, right? In my local grocery store, when I walked in uh, to actually shop uh, yesterday, guess what? They gave me two, two gloves. I mean, uh, they gave me two masks. Right to put on, so they give the mask to everyone within the, the store. Oh, they were. Yeah, they were. They give it out. Yep, every person that came in, you get two two masks capped out, right, for a dollar. Yeah, you, but they, they had masks available. You couldn't buy more than two while you're in the store. So everyone in the store was wearing a mask. The same thing that private businesses are doing should be the same things that governments are doing to people. Not everyone can afford to make a mask. Not everyone can afford to buy one even if they could buy one, right? And so these things are not expensive to make, right? We could set up factories, create right, employment. We, we've seen a lot of workers. Correct. Right, and shout out to the workers because some of the clothing, some of the big uh, clothing manufacturers, there's all kinds of smaller businesses that have have turned uh, to that. Let's take a phone call right now. Let's go to uh, Rihanna. Rihanna, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, yes. I'm a healthcare worker, and I wanted to talk about, so I've recently been given an opportunity. I'm a pretty new nurse registered nurse in New York. Well, thank you. Thank you. My mother was a registered nurse. Um, May she rest in peace and having registered nurse in New York and trained at Kings County Hospital. So and your Um, mother was a nurse, too. My mother's a nurse and she's listening from Seattle. All right. So shout out to Manny's mom. All right. The RNs. All right. You guys do an amazing job, Brianna. Thank you for what you're doing. What's your question or comment? So my comment is I was recently given opportunity to work in one of New York City hospitals. And what I've been seeing and hearing from other nurses is a very unsafe nurse-to-patient ratio. And I would like to, I would like some of, you know, the higher officials, people like yourself, to put pressure on the governor, on the mayor, to look into these things and see what's actually going on in the hospital. Yes, we are here to help. We want to help, but we want to do so safely. Nurses are exhausted and it's unfair to put onto them to say, listen, come help. They, Cuomo has been sending out numerous messages nurses to come help, but we're not giving adi- given adequate training. I've been seeing numerous stories on Twitter, Facebook, where nurses are coming from other states, um, where they don't have any specialty in ICU or even med surge, but they're being put into the situation where they're, that's where they're being placed to work, and it's not safe at all. And we really need the government to step in, give, give whoever they're hiring, whether it's a nurse, a janitor, whoever it is, the adequate training, the adequate PPE, letting them know exactly what's going on and what needs to be done. Brianna, it's very I, important. It is important, and I thank you for I thank you for what you're doing, and I thank you for uh, you know for what you're doing and for bringing this to light. I want to get a opinion from Dr. Manny on this because what she's talking about is the, the nurses. The, the nurses are critical, really. 
nurses registered are nurses critical. are extremely critical. Um, yes, they're very critical. And Governor Cuomo has been saying, you know, from the beginning, every press conference, and I've listened to many of them from you know start to finish, is he's been even when they the FEMA offered to the, help build these these pop up hospitals, he said the good thing with FEMA is they're coming with staff because we just don't have the people. All the people who are already New York State registered nurses are already working. They're already working these overtime shifts. Do you foresee and you're put on your futurist cap? Is there is there a way that this can be done in the future so that if there is a, a a, a sudden pandemic or a sudden crisis that people can be called up like we have we have the the army has the national guard which are the citizen soldiers that so many of them have been activated and big shout out to our new york uh, army national guard who's doing amazing amazing work the men and women um what about that correct so um can we look, can, can we make it better yes we could make it better if you if you look at it in healthcare today um like like, like just things going going forward there are very few people are actually getting into healthcare, right? There are few people going to medical school. There are few people going to nursing school. Why? Because it's very expensive and they come up with a lot of debt, right? So being able to subsidize those kind, those kind of professions will encourage more people to be able to afford to actually go into these professions, right? So we have more people in the healthcare space to help prevent uh, disease going f- uh, f- further down the road. So today, if you say we need more nurses, where, where are you going to pull the nurses from? People need to go to school t- for, for years to become do- nurses and doctors, right? So you can't just snap your fingers and have these experts and these skilled workers. So I think it's, it's able to understand that education is important. How do we help people get more into these professions? All right, well, let's uh, let's go right now. I think we have Roger on the line. Okay, great. Um, joining us on the line is Roger Milner. He's the chief growth officer from the Metro Plus Health Plan, and Metro Plus is one of our Hot 97 sponsors. He's Roger has been a longtime uh, sponsor with, uh, with Metro Plus Health uh, Plan of our, a lot of community events that we've done over the years. And, uh, Roger, great to have you back with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa. Um, we're joined also in studio, as, you, as you're hearing by uh, Dr. Manny. But, Roger, I want to ask you, if there was ever a time when people really needed to have good health care, it's right now. And you have some new, uh, some new announcements and also some, some programs that we need to make people aware of. Can you, can you help us break that down? Sure. Well, first, I'd like to say thank you so much for allowing uh, Metro Plus. And I'm here on two behalf. Um, if you're not aware, Metro Plus is owned by the New York City Health and Hospital Corporation. So technically, I work for Health and Hospital, the big hospital system that you hear many callers calling in to talk about. And I definitely want to touch on the, the concern that the previous caller just had about the nurses being untrained because Metro Plus participated in a big way. But we were called by the governor to make the phone calls to all the doctors across the country, all the pulmonologists across the country to recruit people. It was a huge undertaking. So although we are aware that some people might have been coming out of retirement, some people might have been coming out of areas where their training was different than New York, it was a huge undertaking. We were able to recruit over 1,000 pulmonologists and doctors in a weekend. Wow. That was a massive effort. So uh, I, I know I'm here to talk about health insurance, but I also want to talk about our involvement because we are an extension. No, of I want you to. That's, that, no, we need to know that. Sure. So I, there's other things, you know, that I'll talk about at the end, but I know you want me to get into health insurance. So no, I want um, you. To, I want to hear what you're doing. What you know, to Dr. Manny's point, this is Roger. Whatever you want to, you know, people need to know that these efforts are going on because it's it's this is such a massive, massive uh, challenge for yeah. the for the for all healthcare systems, for the health and hospitals, for everybody. But no, we want we want to hear that. Go right ahead, please. Sure. There, there's so many um, unsung heroes. I'm super proud of my colleagues in the 
nursing and medical profession because I'm in those hospitals every day. You know, my staff is there in all, in Elmhurst Hospital. Prior to this, I had staff in those lobbies wow. signing people up, and, and we, you know, we're a part of that system. So I definitely respect all of the hard work that the doctors and the, the technicians and and all the people on the front line. We Metro Plus have sent over 400 people to work for health and hospitals. So, you know, when they called upon us because they're our parents, we immediately uh, uh, redeployed staff to the hospitals. We redeployed staff to the hotels that have been erected to uh, 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 take care of patients with, you know, less acute uh, issues. We have staff in those hotels. We have staff at the Billie Jean uh, King um, Tennis Center assisting um, in a lot of ways. I sent drivers there to help transport stuff. We sent food. So we're doing a lot of stuff to support this massive system. We participate in this big uh, Governor Cuomo physician outreach uh, a pool to re- uh, recruit people. So I can go on and on about the various ways in which Metro Plus is doing things to support this hospital system. That's but fantastic. I also want to talk about things that um, the, the governor and the state of New York has done to make it easier. Um, earlier, I heard people talking about uh, people who lost their jobs and who's unemployed. Right. And now is not the time where people should be worried about how am I going to take care of my health care needs. So the first thing I want to say is that our state of New York is, is really uh, um, very, um, they care for their people. They set up a special open enrollment period um, so that people can have the ability to sign up for health insurance again. As you know, open enrollment usually closes at the end of February. And by the time the coronavirus hit, open enrollment had already ended. So most of the time, people have to wait to the next year to sign up. Well, Governor Cuomo decided to open up the open enrollment period again. And it started on March 16th. And originally, he opened it up until April 15th. About two weeks ago, because the, the virus is still spreading, he decided to extend it again. And now it's open until May 15th. So anybody who missed the open enrollment period, um, whether they were um, eligible for Medicaid, Child Plus, one of the qualified health plans, they can sign up again now until um, um, April 15th, um, excuse me, May 15th. That's a very big, important update. And, and Roger, there's there's a lot of people, as you know, uh, there's a lot of people who experience tremendous drops in their income or loss of their income completely. Um, in, ter- in, in, in terms of eligibility, what kinds of things, because you, you also offer uh, Medicaid, but you also have uh, very low cost plans for people. So for people who don't Absolutely. have insurance, they can they can sign up. But can you just give us an idea of what's what's available? Sure, I'm going to go. In. So that's a very good point. The first thing I want everybody to know, besides the open enrollment period um, being um, reopened and extended until May, they also have, since we're practicing social distancing, telephonic enrollment is available. So anybody who needs to sign up, you don't have to meet with a, a representative face-to-face. You don't have to go somewhere. You can sign up telephonically over the phone from the comfort and safety of your home. So please reach out to a Metro Plus facilitated enroller or any navigator or any assistor was helping people. So that's the first thing. Telephonic enrollment is available. Yes, many people have lost their jobs. Their income has changed. Uh, if you were a, a person working in a um, restaurant and you were relying on tips and now you're not getting as many tips anymore. Exactly. That's going down. We urge you to go and get rescreened. Get yourself reprocessed again because the likelihood that you're now eligible for a product that's more affordable that's expensive. You may qualify for Medicaid. You may qualify for the essential plan, which is zero or twenty dollars a month. It, it's very strong. So people should get reassessed. They should definitely come and, and see a, a facilitate. Excuse me, not come. Call in to see a to talk to a facilitator and enroller who can help you. You talked about relaxed eligibility rules. 
a lot of the requirements that were in place prior to COVID have been relaxed. Someone who can't manually identity proof can just do a three-way conversation with a facilitator to enroll as identity proof. All the types of things like um, renewals. No one has to worry about being recertified. All of the recertification rules have been suspended and they've been deferred. So anybody who was supposed to recertify by, let's say, March, April, May, or June, that's all been deferred. No one's going to get kicked off the health insurance coverage. Um, they've set up special um, technology tools to allow people to upload documents if they have to. So they set up something called a mobile upload app. If you have to submit any documents, you just download the um, mobile upload app from the App Store or Google Play, and you can submit your documents from your cell phone. Just take a picture. Um, they, no one is going to get dropped for not paying their premium. Deferred premium well, that's payments. A, that's a great thing. We've got to put that in bold letters right there. Dr. Right. Manny, well, what I difference know. do you think this yeah. makes in terms of people... And I, I think this is fantastic. The biggest issue with healthcare was access to healthcare, right? And, and I think what Metro Plus is doing is fantastic. Uh, Metro Plus, um, you know, fits in that perfect moment right now where people are being laid off. A lot of bartenders, right? The people that work in restaurants. Barbers, nail salons. Yes, correct. So, so they don't have insurance now. And probably they didn't have insurance before because if you're a small employer before you probably didn't have insurance, right? Uh, you had to pay yeah. out of pocket. So this is a great means. But something that I really like, uh, uh, Roger, that I think Metro Plus offers is telehealth. Especially in this, in this Absolutely. moment. Correct, right? Absolutely. Oh, and people are taking advantage of it. I get a report every day of how many people are calling in to utilize the telehealth services, and we've seen the numbers grow every single day. So that's a very good point, Dr. Emanuel. That is a benefit that is available in pretty much every product line that we have. Please take advantage of the telehealth services so that you can get um, the medical attention that you need and you can ask people uh, um, uh, advice or get information telephonically right from your home. Very and, and Roger, we're just, we're just about out of time. Um, I'm so glad you were able to join us this morning. What is it? Is there a main number? Because I know the, the Metro yes. Plus, if you, if you Google Metro Plus Health, the website comes up right away. But um, is there right. a phone number that you want to give out for people? Yeah, two, I want to give out a phone number and a website again. So our phone number to reach uh, a facilitated enroller is 855-809-4073. Again, that's 855-809-4073. And you can also go on our website at www.metroplus.org. And there's a contact me form. Just put in your name, address, telephone number, and email address, and we will have someone contact you within minutes. All right, so this is uh, Roger Milner, Chief Growth Officer from uh, Metro Plus Health Plan. Thank you very much for being with us. We really appreciate it. So those numbers that Roger was just giving out, low-cost or no-cost health care, uh, you, you cannot, it's not going to end if you can't pay the premium. As premiums are as low as $20. There's programs for kids, too. So you need to call 855-809-4073, metroplus.org. We thank Roger and we thank Metro Plus uh, Health for getting those getting the word out and really giving us the ability to get the word out, too. Uh, via via street Correct. soldiers, especially in this time when people can't even go into an urgent care center, right? The, the think, telehealth, the, the is telehealth thing is, is is very important, and I think uh, by our next show we should probably discuss a lot more about telehealth and what it actually means, right? It transforms healthcare drastically, and I'm very um, happy to see this. No, I'm happy to see they're doing it. All right, uh, Doctor Manny, final word, real quick. Final word is um, uh, let's stay strong. Um, keep yourself educated and uh, get reliable information. And definitely, uh, please take uh, bent, make uh, take great care of yourselves and stay healthy. And let's talk next week. All right, and don't forget to clean your phone because your phone the phone is the hidden hidden little uh... and change your gloves and uh, make sure your face mask doesn't stay on for more than a week. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. All right. I want to thank everybody for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Um, 
I just hope I hope you have a, a really, really good day if you celebrate Easter and uh, if you cel- you're celebrating Passover. Our thoughts are with you. We wish you good, everything good, and same thing for everybody celebrating Ramadan, which is going to be happening in about two weeks. Our, our Muslim communities, uh, they're doing they're doing a lot of work too to try to help feed people as we go through this crisis. Shout out to Azra Beg and everybody in, uh, in in Jersey working with her with their community outreach that they always do. I want to thank our whole uh, my my team, my my team Lisa ground crew here. We got Jack on the boards. We got Anaya producing. We got Marilyn on the phones. And I want to thank our Hot ninety seven executive team: Pat Walsh, uh, Pio Ferro, our senior vice president for programming, Patricia Robinson, Mike Fox, and Victor Giacomelli. Everybody else in the offices and front lines. The whole digital team at Hot ninety seven that is giving us uh, tremendous support. Uh, Lou, everybody that's uh, that's working here to try to help us get the word out and get the information out to you. As fast as possible, but uh, you know, keep watching Hot ninety seven. Keep checking us out on Hot ninety seven Instagram, Lisa Evers Instagram. We're going to be doing some uh, so, some big things and some new things this week as well. And thank you to uh, Roger Milner and Metro Plus Health Plan for sponsoring the station and sponsoring the show and and making those products through New York City Health and Hospitals available to everybody. Remember, use your mind; it's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace, love, health. And dare I say, happiness.